Welcome to Embrace Your Brain with Dr. D. Joy Coulter. These short weekly brain bits give you fresh glimpses into how your mind works and how to develop its natural brilliance. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Brain Layers and Social Conflict, Conclusion. We are finally ready to reflect on the ways our brain layers are contributing to the social conflict between policing and different races and cultures. While many members of the force bring their full humanity to the situation, a significant number are behaving in intensely aggressive and racially biased ways. I would suggest that these members have lost control at their core layer. It's really important that you understand what a profound issue that is. We've talked about ways that layer can influence our styles of educating, parenting, and operating businesses, but in those cases, our thinking third layer is still calling the shots and regulating our actions. It's a completely different situation if, for some reason, we turn the controls over entirely to the core layer's operating system, and that's what I think we're looking at with police brutality. So before we go on, I want to briefly review what we know about the operating system of the core layer. It contains very primitive programs for self-preservation and for species preservation. Self-preservation at the core layer relies on challenge displays, those odd postures and gestures that are designed to make the other person submit and acknowledge your dominance. All other members survive by showing deference and following the dominant one. Species preservation at the core layer is guaranteed by a powerful program that calls on the individual to call any deviance it encounters. It triggers an urge to disarm, to harm, and to eliminate all who possess deviations, from flaws like handicaps, weakness, or injuries, to differences like race, ethnicity, or cultural membership. With this in mind, consider what happens when a person whose core layer tends to take over easily decides to join the police force. Everything about their training, their uniforms, their weapons, the postures they're trained to assume, the one-line orders that they have memorized, the fact that society is asking them to be the will of the people, not the heart or the mind, just the will, all of that is drawing on the core layer. In other words, they're being trained to act in ways that arise from an operating system that calls on them to kill or at least harm anyone who is different from them. If they already have a tendency to draw on the core layer under stress, this job puts them at high risk of hitting that tipping point where the core layer simply takes over, and then the brutality quickly follows. Even if the person they confront is just like them, officers who've lost control still require a submission response in order to calm down. But many people don't respond from the core layer under stress. They respond from the second layer, the emotional limbic layer. So if that person has a limbic response and tries to run, that's seen as challenging their authority and failing to obey. If the officer then calls out, stop or I'll shoot, it falls on deaf ears. In a state of such fear, the victim's ears no longer process speech. Their ears have dropped down to listening for sounds of danger, footfalls, twig snaps, the click of a weapon. Even if they could understand that order, they could no more stop than a prey animal can when pursued by a predator. The limbic system simply is not wired for submission unless death is imminent. Then their whole system shuts down and they collapse. 
If in addition, the victim is of a different race, religion, or in any way different, then even obeying is no protection if the officer has lost control of himself. His core operating system will treat that person as an enemy and a threat that needs to be culled. Now consider the efforts we are witnessing of the oppressed minority population in the face of police brutality. As individuals, they are in no position to challenge the officer, but it makes little sense to submit either, knowing they are facing an out-of-control corollary officer who is likely to kill or at least harm them. But as a group, something remarkably courageous is happening. Their limbic responses are reaching upward to the brain's third layer to find their voices, to speak out. And because their speech draws on the right hemisphere's metaphoric and tonal and rhythmic qualities, it's often eloquent. Many incredible initiatives are working to change racial attitudes, to guide society toward understanding and appreciating differences, and to bring about much-needed policy changes. However, this still won't address the issue of police brutality because that behavior is rooted in impulses arising from deep within the brain. Their shocking outbursts of cruelty are arising from an operating system two layers below our thinking brain layer. A changed attitude at the thinking layer has little or no power to change behavior that's driven by that core system. We need a new strand of research exploring the dynamics behind such abrupt changes in behavior. Sometimes those changes bring up highly emotional rages, tantrums, fears, and tears, and we're likely to discover that in those cases, the individual has allowed the limbic layer's operating system to take over. But our biggest concern in society right now is what's happening when the change arises from a takeover at the core layer. Can we find ways to predict who's likely to flip? Can it be controlled, or must those at high risk simply avoid high-stress situations and jobs? How are those on the force who bring their full humanity to the work, even in high-stress situations, different from those who keep racking up disciplinary actions? What can we learn about them as they consistently show respect, listen, and engage in real conversation with those that they confront? Do they live a more multi-layered life under ordinary circumstances? I was hoping this might be the key, but an old recollection makes me doubt that. In my 20s, I often spent Saturday nights at a bar in a university town. Many of the regulars were scholars, artists, and journalists, and the conversations were always fascinating. They all lived multi-layered lives, but a few of them still flipped, becoming either mean drunks, a core-layer takeover, or overly emotional ones, a limbic layer takeover. The other regulars knew exactly which drink would trigger these takeovers, too. For one, it might be the fourth drink, for another, the sixth. That was their cue to move to another table so they could avoid these changed personalities. For mean drunks, it's the alcohol that triggers the flip. For the dangerous police officer, any slight that shows disrespect or any inclination to flee rather than submit or even the mere fact that the individual is racially different seems to trigger the brutality. Perhaps these two groups share a similar, deeply programmed response pattern. We need to find ways to identify those most likely to flip before hiring candidates onto the force, and to help those who keep flipping to find a way to control themselves. I know this is a rough note to end the series on, 
and a bleak picture for society. However, the next podcast series, called Our Remarkable New Brain Layer, may revive our hope for humanity. It explores the great promise this fourth layer holds for our future and the kinds of practices we can use to strengthen it. If you're enjoying these podcasts, I think you'll love my book, Original Mind, Uncovering Your Natural Brilliance. It's available on Amazon and at EmbraceYourBrain.com.